right, what's up guys? Here we are for another episode of Cognizant in Cognizance. Well, let me turn that on real quick. Um, here we are on, well, today is January 17th, not the 16th, which was yesterday, and not the 15th, which was two days ago when I should have done this. Uh, but nonetheless, here we are on 117, and, um, you know, it's a good day. It was a good Thursday. Um, it's been a pretty crazy week so far, personally. Sorry if you can hear my knuckles cracking, but um, let's let's get right into it here. Let me let me just kind of dive right into my usual routine here, going through the ten cents for thought. Um, and I got a pretty I got a few pretty positive answers to this this week. I think they're positive, but you know who knows? I'm a little bit biased myself. Um, for the first penny of yeah, I'm I'm most definitely doing better today, being better today than I was yesterday or definitely than I was the day before. Um, that's for sure. I had a, you know, had a bit of a long weekend, but I've been kind of buckling down so far the past couple days. And today I really kind of buckled down in, in almost every regard. Um, that includes work, which will take care of, uh, excuse me, that'll take care of number three. And that includes the gym, which will knock out my nickel here. Um, you know, just, I, I went to the gym twice yesterday, which was really fucking actually kind of exhausting, but it felt phenomenal. So that was amazing. Um, felt really, really good. Endorphins were absolutely jacked and pumping by the time I got home from the second session. So it was a little kind of hard to go to sleep last night, but which you would think it would be the opposite, but did also try to go to bed right afterwards, and actually yesterday I, I tried to record this episode, and so I, I get all the way through it, and I had it, I set it all perfectly, you know, those of you that don't know, for the most part, unless I have a guest here, I just kind of like, I just kind of wing it, I just kind of speak into the microphone, and then upload whatever happens on the first try, however yesterday, um, I get all the way done, I had about 45 minutes recorded, recording it through the Anchor website, and then, what do you know, I go to upload that and add it to the episode, and the website, like, crashed on me, glitched out, logged me out of the entire website without saving the recording that I had just made, and so, um, actually, for my, my second penny here, have I built my character, definitely, yesterday, I was pissed, last night, I was pissed, I was livid, actually, because I just threw this fantastic episode out and you know I was ready to upload it I wanted to get this out yesterday and then it crashes on me and I kind of tweaked but just for a few like 30 seconds I kind of tweaked out and then I kind of realized hey dude just shut the fuck up your roommate's trying to sleep here the walls aren't that thick and so whatever the case may be today I kind of remained much more even keeled than having I didn't have any angry outbursts today so that's good um and I gave my best at work. It was kind of just same same thing that happened for me yesterday. I actually got more done today uh, than I have in a long time. Yesterday was great because I only worked until three o'clock. They um, our company is new to I forget exactly what organization it was. It's uh, it's like a basically like the local chamber of commerce here in Rochester, and we're new members of it. So we and we have a huge office. So we held the board meeting 
for this organization in our office, had it all decked out, you know, had the had the bar fully stocked for afterwards, nice big like spread with cheese and food and all this other crap. So that was cool. So they kicked us out at three. And so I got done more yesterday than I have in an eight hour day in a while, which was interesting. And I did the same thing today. I turned around and basically repeated my day yesterday, but with two extra hours. So definitely gave my best, which is fine. Um, something I learned new today, and I'm a little embarrassed about this because I'm usually pretty quick to figure out technology. Um, so I have one of the, I have a Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Surface Pro, the, the newest Surface Pro, and I got one of those type covers, which are basically just like a little keyboard, which, um, much, much better than the previous type covers that they had. It's really firm and like you can that you can put this one on your lap no problem love the keyboard it's like this this matte blue velvety stuff um which is pretty awesome actually and so anyway i figured out today again i'm a little embarrassed about this but i finally figured out today how to make the keyboard light up when you're touching it which Usually something that like that I would have figured out immediately and I thought that this key on the keyboard was for the screen brightness And so I go to turn the screen brightness up With this key Because it wasn't plugged into the charger and it turned the keyboard backlight on so I learned that today Which is awesome now. I don't have to have my desk lamp on when I am um, When I'm recording in the dark if I'm doing that so that's cool um Healthier choices, like I said, I went to the gym twice yesterday um, just so that I could stay on track. Um, although I was having a conversation with someone earlier, like an hour ago, about you know the weekend and how that went, what my plans are for this weekend, that sort of thing. And uh, as I'm as we're having this conversation, I'm kind of realizing, ah, oh, shit, my weekend went from last Thursday to basically Tuesday this week, which is or last week, which is a problem. So that wasn't very healthy. However, did make it to the gym. I skipped Sunday and Monday and made it Tuesday, twice Wednesday, and then again tonight. So that was good. Comfortable. Feeling good right now. Feeling real good. Um, protecting my planet is kind of a foregone conclusion. You know, I try not to make it a shitty place to live. That's basically my goal with, uh, you know, with my everyday actions. Still not going to become a fucking vegan. It's just not going to happen. Not going to give in to that kind of pressure. Not going to deal with that. Not going to tolerate anybody telling me that I'm a shitty person for not becoming a vegan. And, um, my power was out. <laughs> my power was out yesterday during the day. So I didn't use any power yesterday, which means that my power was not sourced from, or no power in my home was sourced from coal burning power plants. So for about 24 hours from the middle of the day on Tuesday to the middle of the day on Wednesday, I was completely dark at home anyway. So there you go. That should, you know, save like a molecule or two of carbon dioxide. Anywho, um, expressing love for my friends and family, something that I'm trying to do more frequently instead of just like once a week when I want to hang out with them or something. Um, talking to my brother the other day about a book that I lent him called Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy, which we'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, but yeah, we had a nice little conversation about like he finally finished it, asking him what his take was. It's always good to talk to him about stuff like that, like deeper things. Um, 
And then I talked to my old man earlier in the week too. We're gonna, the three of us are gonna make some plans for Sunday, watch a little football, drink a little bit, eat some chicken wings, you know, that kind of good stuff. Real healthy stuff for sure. Um, number eight, the old nickel and three pennies here. Um, don't have a spouse, so I can't spend any quality time with a spouse. Um, but, you know, there's someone important that I've been talking to a lot lately. It's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. Um, do I bear any grudges against anyone? Yeah, I kind of do. Kind of have a grudge against Anchor right now. It's very quickly subsiding, but I, I definitely, for like I said, for a little bit yesterday, yeah, last night I should say, when the shit glitched out on me and I lost my recording, um, that was a little bit annoying. So I held a grudge against Anchor for about a minute. And then um, I have a grudge against RG&E at the moment, and I'm going to keep this grudge, and not necessarily for the purpose of indulging myself in my own anger and stupidity, but I'm going to have to hold this grudge so that I, I'm going to force myself to hold this grudge against RG&E so that next month they give us a credit on our power bill. Um, and it was a little annoying. There was some kind of a mistake and they shut our power off when they really shouldn't have. And my roommate, Dom, had been working with them on it, like, hey, this is what's going on. Um, the meter's wrong and all this other stuff. And he was in communication with them. And it turns out they thought we were someone else or some shit like that. And they shut our power off instead of someone else's on accident. So whatever. It came back on middle of the day yesterday. And so I got home and my, my, my food in the fridge was fine. It was warm in the house again. The lights were on all this crap, but I can't let that go yet. can't let that go until they understand that that's unacceptable. Um, and then last but not least, we got the, we got to round it out here. Two nickels, AKA a dime, the final cent for my thoughts and my content with my life. And once again, for the 16th week in a row, my answer is an unequivocal, emphatic and undeniable. No, not yet. Um, am I happy? Sure. Absolutely. Am I, you know, am I wanting for things on a daily basis? Certainly not. Now I have just about everything that I could possibly need in life and probably more crap that I don't need, but I'm content to recognize that I can't be complacent yet. I'm content in knowing that that fact, and I think as I say every week, once I finally get to that point, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with myself. So out here acknowledging the good things that I do have in my life and recognizing that there's more to come as long as I keep my notes of the grindstone here. So uh, there it is, your 10 cents for thought. And now let's get on to the good part. And so, uh, like I said, my power was out yesterday and it was pretty fucking shitty. I gotta be honest with you. I got a text like halfway through the day from my roommate and he goes, hey dude, the RGN, shut the power off. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'm figuring it out. This is a bunch of bullshit, la di da di da So, um, it was a little distracting. I'll be honest, it was a little distracting. Realizing that when I get home from work, not only am I not going to be able to walk in, flip the light switch on in my apartment, and then take my shoes off, wipe them off, put them in my shoe rack, and then go and to my room and lay down if I want to. Not only can I not turn the lights on and make that happen easily, but it's also gonna be fucking freezing in my house. And so that was terrible. Hated every millisecond of that. 
Um, so I get home yesterday, and it's very cold, it's very dark, it's very annoying. And so I'm like, okay, what's a guy to do here, you know? Like, how do I make the most out of this situation? And how do I effectively cope with this? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty minor inconvenience, but... In the here and now, I'm like, ah, shit, my night is ruined. What do I do here? No idea. So get my phone flashlight out, as one would do in the pitch dark. Um, shouting to Dom from the other room. He's got, like, he's hanging out in his room. He's on the phone. He's planning stuff out, sharing it with his, sharing the news with his girlfriend about what's happening, all this other stuff. And so I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Jim, you're going to get your shit together. You're going to go to the gym. You're going to stay there as long as you humanly, as humanly possible for you today. Excuse me. Sorry, I got a little, little yawn going there. My apologies. So you're going to stay there for as long as humanly possible. And then you're going to go, you're going to shower there. You're going to bring stuff so you have a, you can take a warm shower. And then you're going to find somewhere to go for a few hours until you're ready to go to bed. Because you're not going to just chill in the dark in the cold for three more hours it'll be nine o'clock by the time you get out and midnight's usually when you knock so um so what do i do what do i do huh how am i effectively coping with this minor inconvenience this first world problem as they say um and so right across the street from my gym on east avenue right in the heart of rochester is a wegmans Woo! everybody in this area is anyways favorite place in the fucking world and if it's not then fight me <laughs> um so what do I do? I grab all my stuff, take a shower, walk across the street to Wegmans. And so I basically, I had brought my laptop because I knew that I was not going to be coming home for a little while. I brought my laptop and my phone charger and I go in the cafe there. I get some dinner. I sit down and I eat it and I take the, you know, take the laptop out, start typing away, typing some stuff up. Um, just typing a little bit. Uh, I actually have a couple letters to write, which is which is pretty interesting. Um, the, the, the one that I actually did kind of start working on a little, or at least um, putting my thoughts down, I, I have to write my aunt back, my Aunt Shelly, who's um, one of my favorite family members. She's not actually my aunt. She was, um, she was a, like my mom's best friend, and she was also she also dated my dad before they knew each other and then she introduced my mom to my dad so she's been there pretty much right since the beginning uh since i was a gleam in my father's eye as they say um so i gotta write her a letter i gotta write another letter and it's it's weird and it's kind of strange but I can't even remember the last time I actually wrote a letter. Um, the last time I received a letter was in October for my birthday from this aunt. But the last time I actually wrote a letter, um, I don't even, I can't even tell you. Probably like one of those middle school self-forecasting like uh, exercises where you write a letter to yourself where you want to be in 10 years. I don't know if you've ever done one of those. Um, but in any case... So I'm sitting down, and I'm going to brainstorm this out, and I just got completely sidetracked. I didn't really do much of anything. So what it came down to was, okay, well, I don't want to sit here now. I'm getting bored. I can only watch so many Joe Rogan podcasts in a day. And 
So what it came down to was, and this is this is my advice to anyone who has a power outage, go get some wine, go home, and drink until you're warm, and you can fall asleep. Uh, that was my that was my coping mechanism because it and it was it was pretty great actually. There was plenty of body heat underneath the covers. Had some wine. You know, it was dark, so it was easier to fall asleep once I actually got settled in. And so that was that was how I coped with a power outage on what was that? Tuesday heading into Wednesday. Yeah, that was Tuesday heading into Wednesday. And so you know, well, why the fuck are you telling us this? Why are you sharing that? Um, and so January, you'll remember, and again, we'll get to the Daily Stoic towards the end here. Um, but January is the month of clarity and defining things more clearly for yourself, looking at things from new perspectives. Anything that has to do with the word clarity, whatever you associate it with, that's what the goal of January is, is to start your new year off with a sense of clarity about your world and your own thought process. And so the way that this provided some clarity for me was obviously a new perspective on the world here. It's completely dark and there's some people out there in the world in some places where they live with that shit all day. They don't have any power. Every night it's completely dark and it's freezing cold and there's really not much they can do to stop it. And so just kind of, um, it was just the little things that, you know, those little creature comforts that we all 100% take for granted the ability to like flip a switch and it's completely bright in at two in the morning. Like, I didn't have that yesterday or Tuesday. So, um, really makes you glad for, you know, the life that you've set yourself up for and the life that people in this country are able to live and the life. And it makes you on the flip side of that coin. It makes you, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of mind blowing that there are other people out there that don't have the same access to these things and those are those those less fortunate than us should be considered at all turns how is what we're doing affecting them and how are the things that happen to them like how would that affect our lives if it were to happen to us and i think that brings you that brings you a really great um a great sense of clarity on your position in the world and and your position within your own life it's much, much easier to, or it's much, I shouldn't say that, it's much, much harder to take things for granted when you are presented with some kind, with, basically when you're presented with a scenario that's less than ideal for you, it forces you to confront the fact of that how good you have it or how good you will have it again once that situation is over, once you've remedied that situation. Um... So, gonna do a little bit of a 180 here, actually. Um, it's still kind of on perspective. Maybe it's not a 180. Maybe it's more like a 90. Uh, take a sharp, a sharp left here. Uh, and I mentioned that book earlier, um, Blood Meridian, which is, um, if you haven't read the book, without giving you really any spoilers, it's by Cormac McCarthy. It's set in. It's been a while since I read it. I want to say. The antebellum Southwest in the United States. So after the Civil War, uh, in the in the Southwest, like New Mexico, Texas, Arizona, and Mexico itself as well. Um, and so, 
it's a crazy wild wild west kind of scenario where there's like a young kid who murders his abusive father and then runs away to like hunt native americans with former army soldiers and all this crazy shit goes down and so the uh really this book has stuck with me and there's i recommended it to my brother because um well he's i mean he we've been talking a lot lately about that how he's been reading these different books and they're like crime novels mystery novels and i'm like okay you want you want something that's really going to hold your attention here i gave my copy of blood meridian and this book has easily like by far and away the densest prose out of anything i've ever read and not only that but this this book when i read this i think i read this in 2016 i want to say over the summer of 2016 and holy shit like if you haven't read this book I gotta warn you, if you're very, if you're emotionally fragile and you're very sensitive to violence and trauma, do not read this book. It's easily the most emotionally and mentally scarring book or any kind of literature that I've ever read. And like, I, I have no problem like watching crime shows where there's like murders and game of thrones there's a ton of murder and blood and violence and there's fucked up shit happening to everyone but this book is the most jarring piece of media that i've ever taken in the imagery and just the descriptive language in this book and the just the the pure and raw utter attention to detail is hard to forget it's something it's hard to digest in the first place let alone once you've digested it forget that you've digested it um and so why do i why am i bringing this up why am i ranting and raving about this freaking stupid book that most that nobody's ever even read um but so there there is a bit of perspective in this in the sense that there's a lot open to interpretation surrounding the villain in this book who again not going to give anything away here that's not my intention whatsoever but for those that have read the book you'll remember judge i think it's judge holden and he's frequently called the judge just the judge and so this guy is he's basically if i had to describe him in like a sentence or two he's a hyper violent like either immoral or possibly amoral individual and he's just absolutely thriving in a relatively lawless land and he basically just indiscriminately exerts his will over anyone that he wants anyone that he decides you know what i'm i have the ability to get one over on you i have the ability to kidnap your family i could murder you so i'm gonna do it and not only that but even i think this is even worse but he's well educated he is actually like a former like uh participant in the legal system and the legal process um and the fact that he goes by the name the judge is particularly fucked up to me because of the way that he acts he acts like judge jury and executioner in this lawless 
I, when at the time when they first encounter each other, the main character and the judge, I think they're in the Sonoran Desert, which is Mexico. They're in Mexico, in the freaking desert, going from town to town. And he kind of takes the kid under his wing at first, and then after a while, it starts to kind of become more of a tenuous and sinister dynamic in the relationship. And so... A lot of fucked up stuff happens once the judge... Uh, there's a lot of fucked up shit that happens before him. But when he's involved, there's a lot... It's a lot more localized. There's not this air of violence and treachery in the universe. There's actual, literal, messed up things happening right in front of the kid's face. And it all kind of just happens, starts all happening right at once, and then it kind of just snowballs all the way up until the end of the book, which is also really messed up. And so my theory for this villain, and I shared this with my brother, and I'll share it with you guys now here. My theory is that the judge doesn't even really exist. This was my theory for the villain. He's a figment of the protagonist imagination, and because this kid is tra he's traveling from like I think he starts in like Tennessee, like a shitty little shack all the way across the country, all the way down through the south into Mexico, up again, back into Mexico, all these different places. He gets shot, he gets stabbed, he gets beat up, you know, he kills people, he you know, he's not eating for days at a time, he's dehydrated, he's disoriented, he's in unfamiliar territory. And I think and he's in the sun and the heat. And so I think all, he runs into some unsavory characters, and I think all of these different factors are really starting to take a mental toll on the main character. And so, my theory is that he's a figment of the protagonist's imagination. He doesn't even really exist. He might even be a mirage. And the actions of the judge are actually being carried out by the main character. However, he's just so messed up in the head by this point in the book, after all he's been through and everything I just mentioned, that he actually imagines up this this crazy character that's doing all these things. And maybe he's even having like a dissociative episode. And he imagines this character up that's doing all these messed up things and he's horrified by these things. But at the end of the day, it's a part of his subconscious that's actually taking control and enacting all this torture on other people. And so I'm sharing this theory with my brother. And he's like going on along about it. He's like, yeah, wow, that's crazy. Like, I never thought about it like that. Like, I don't even know what I think. Like, I, that totally could be what it is. I also think he could be a real person and he's just really fucked up and he's trying to teach the kid a lesson. And so I'm like, you know what? Here's what we're going to do here. We're going to go on Reddit, and anyone who knows what Reddit is knows the rabbit hole that I am that I was about to dive into is pretty freaking deep, right? So I go on Reddit, and actually what I did was I googled the Judge Blood Meridian theory, and then I clicked on the first link I saw that had Reddit in the title. And so what I'll, what I'll share with you now is a paraphrasing of a totally different perspective on the same the same villain in the same theory and so this person 
claimed to be some kind of a scholar and literary critic and la-di-da, what the hell ever. He knows more, he seems to know more about Cormac McCarthy, the author of the book himself, than I certainly do. Just know the guy was a crazy writer. And so here's the guy's fan theory, and it starts off much the same as mine. So he starts off by saying, okay, yeah, the judge is just this crazy, violent person, and he's he's really at home in this lawless land of the Sonoran Desert and all the other different places where he manages to turn up and he causes all this mayhem and all this other stuff. However, this is where he starts to take a sharp turn away from where my theory was. So this guy's theory, I forget the, the name on Reddit, but this guy's theory was that the judge is a self-aware personification of Cormac McCarthy's desires and his goals to be the master of his own universe. Not only does the judge know that he's in a novel, but he knows he was created to become an evil villain that will rival or overshadow all the most evil and horrific characters in not only literary history, but human history. He knows Cormac McCarthy wanted to position himself as the father of all literary geniuses with Blood Meridian and all the works that come after it. And so the judge took on a life of his own through some kind of like a dissociative psychotic break that Cormac McCarthy was experiencing. And then the judge actually wrote himself into existence using McCarthy as a vessel. And so I read that and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? Well, I never even, I never even considered that. So basically what this guy's saying is, he's like fucking Deadpool. And if you know the comic books and you've seen the Deadpool movies, you'll know that Deadpool is aware that he's a superhero in a superhero movie or in a superhero comic. And he pokes fun at that the fact that he figured that out all the time and he breaks the fourth wall and he makes pop culture references that he shouldn't know about because he's supposed to be in a fictional universe and he knows he shouldn't be making those references so he does it anyway and all this other stuff and so this guy's basically saying that the reason the judge is doing all these messed up things in the book is because he knows that he was created to be the worst thing that was ever created. And so he's doing his best to fulfill that mission for the for his creator, Cormac McCarthy. And, geez, even just re reiterating that and putting it back out there is just kind of messing me up a little bit here. <laughs> um, but again, that's just a, that's a completely different perspective on the same exact topic that I was looking at, but it's, coming from a completely different place. This person has completely different experiences and areas of expertise that I do. And they have, a, as a result, they have a completely different point of view and opinion that they've formed on this exact same subject that also starts in the exact same place as mine. And so, all right, yeah, sure, whatever. How does, how does this crazy fan theory about some messed up book about the southwest in the 1860s relate to anything at all whatsoever and so really 
where I was, where where it stuck with me, where where I was able to relate that was the difference in point of view itself. Kind of that was the that was kind of the the genesis of my connection between this, and because I was then by reading this fan theory over a couple of times, and you know, digesting it and accepting it as a potential reality within within my own reality that this could actually be the truth of the matter granted i still ended up coming back to thinking that mine was probably a little bit more on point but this one is absolutely fantastic it's it's awestruck it's awe striking it's awesome but examining something from a different point of view and being able to take that other point of view kind of dissect it figure out you know where you agree where you disagree and reconcile a differing point of view on the same topic with your own i think that is i think that is one of the most important benefits of critical thinking and self-assessment i think if you can place yourself in, a, in an objective frame of mind to examine your own strong points and your own weaknesses, and you can gain that that sense of vision into what you need to work on and where you're already successful as a person so you can accentuate those successes, I think it's really easy to translate that into finding the strong and weak points of an opposing argument or an opposing view and you can use the same process when you're examining a philosophy or you're assessing another person in your relationship with that person or when you're looking at let's say you're at work you're looking at you know just the corporate policy the way you do things your different business processes you're weighing the pros and cons when you're making any kind of decision even um, i think to be able to objectively place take yourself out of that me-centric thought process is that's the basis of all rational thought i think is is well it, it is the basis of all rational thought anyway is the object the ability to remain objective in the face of multiple options without taking in your own personal biases that's the kind of the core of logic and rational thought and once you kind of are able to kick yourself into that process whenever you're making a decision it makes your process that much stronger your decision making process it makes you sharper it helps keep your judgment clear and it helps keep your thought process kind of kind of in tune with and in tune and grounded it it really i think and this is something that i've found to be true for my own thought process is that when you are able to look at something from the point of view of another person from you really can put yourself in someone else's shoes and when you ha you make that concerted effort to okay like let's let's stop stop procrastinating the reconciliation of this argument you know stop stop putting it off and stop asserting your own correctness over the possibility of someone else being more on point than you are someone else having the correct answer when you don't just if you force yourself to at least entertain that other person's idea or that other point of view or 
just acknowledge that they exist at least, that's the first step. If you can just start there and start forcing yourself to look at it first, you may end up every single time coming back to yourself and saying, you know what, yeah, I was actually right, whatever. I don't need to worry about that so much anymore. But every once in a while, I think when, when you do look at it from a different perspective and you force yourself to look at it from a different perspective, it's uh, more often, I would say more often than not, you're going to find yourself having a real sense of accomplishment when you're done actually assessing and having that thought process. Um, so anyway, I think I've ranted on the, the villain from Blood Meridian quite a bit here. Um, and so I'm going to close how I usually close with uh, the day's episode of... Oh, and what do you know? It's actually January 18th now. Oh, that's a long one. Um, so I'll actually get right into my daily stoic entry and so I did not read January 16th's um, entry I did not read the the entry for yesterday until after work because it was dark and cold in my house and I just wanted to go to the gym and have a hot shower in the morning after I was done and all that jazz so didn't read January 16th however I was able to read this one when I woke up today and it really, this really helped me keep a, keep a good frame of mind at work and not procrastinate this morning. I've, I think I've worked myself into a really bad habit of coming in and like procrastinating for the first 30 minutes and then finding it really hard sometimes to kick myself into a cycle of productivity. And that was what yes, yesterday's episode was never doing, or yesterday's entry was never do anything out of habit which means to say examine why you're doing things and and why like why you're thinking the way you're thinking what the reasoning is behind your habits and question those at all times you find it much easier to break those habits when you're examining them constantly right and so that was good and then reading until after work so it didn't really matter but that coupled with today's entry for the 17th was really good. I was able to stay in a good frame of mind today and get, excuse me, get some stuff done. So the title of today's entry is Reboot the Real Work. And the, uh, the quote that we have is from Epictetus's Discourses, and it goes as such. I'm your teacher and you are learning in my school. My aim is to bring you to completion, unhindered, free from compulsive behavior, unrestrained, without shame, free, flourishing, and happy, looking to God in things great and small. Your aim is to learn and diligently practice all these things. Why then don't you complete the work if you have the right aim and I have both the right aim and right preparation? What is missing? The work is quite feasible and is the only thing in our power. Let go of the past. We must only begin. Believe me and you will see. Which, duh. And so, you know, kind of on its face, you know, it sounds like, hey, why the hell didn't you do what I told you to do, man? Oh, I gave you a pretty simple list of tasks. Why the hell didn't you, didn't you do it? And so the writers go on to dissect this a little bit further. And when I get to this, I'm sure it'll be much more clear. It certainly was for me. 
do you remember in school or early in your life being afraid to try something because you feared you might fail at it? <sighs> Sorry. Uh, quick yawn. Most teenagers choose to fool around rather than exert themselves. Half-hearted, lazy effort gives them a ready-made excuse. It doesn't matter, I wasn't even trying. As we get older, failure is not so inconsequential anymore. What's at stake is not some arbitrary grade or intramural sports trophy, but the quality of your life and your ability to deal with the world around you. Don't let that intimidate you, though. You have the best teachers in the world, the wisest philosophers who ever lived. And not only are you capable, the professor is asking for something very simple. Just begin the work and the rest follows. And so here we are. I applied that to work today. That's something you can easily apply to any aspect of your life is to just begin the work and the rest follows. Just start working on that thing that you've been putting off, just do it. Just start that project that you've been thinking about or quote unquote planning for for months now. Stop making excuses for yourself. Just do it. Just have that conversation you're dreading and get it off your chest. You know, when you're getting ready to exercise, go to the gym. Just do it. Just go. The rest will follow. Stop making excuses. And last but not least, stop living in your own little bubble and just start looking at things from every single point of view. We all need to stop living in our own little bubbles because there's there's so many other things that you can be open to when you find yourself in that not pliable state of mind, but you're, you will be open to other things when you consider the possibility of other things being better than the way you're doing them. And just do the work. And the work in this case is looking at things from every point of view. And the sooner that we all start doing that, I think the sooner we can all start to understand each other from our different backgrounds and our different point, like where we are in life and the different, you know, circumstances, different situations that we find ourselves in with other people from diverse backgrounds, whatever the case may be, the sooner we force ourselves to look at things from every point of view instead of just the one that makes us feel all happy inside, the sooner we can start to understand each other and move forward as human beings. Um, and so with that, it's 1230 in the morning now, and I think it's probably about time that I went to bed. So I'm going to do that. We'll see you next week. Hopefully I can make it happen actually on a Tuesday for once. Wednesdays have kind of become my sweet spot lately, but, um, yeah, everybody have a good weekend. We'll see you next week.